0: welcome to the episode where chris says some hyperbolic shit about elden ring
1: for 60 minutes exactly oh it's just going to be you for 60 mi- why am i here <laughs> please don't my mouth will be so dry yeah i can tell you from doing those anime ones that yeah when you hit the, after you hit like the 40 minute mark you're just like oh my god water and then it's usually <laughs> when i realize like oh i could literally just pause take a drink and then start the recording again. But do I know? I power through that shit. Unnecessarily. <laughs> that's why half the,
0: time we, half the time we record, I have like a cup of water or a bottle of water right next to me. Because I'm a seasoned
1: audio veteran like that. Oh, no. But see, that's the thing. I do always have water right next to me. I just refuse to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's
0: an entirely different problem. Yes. Uh, that said tonight we we just finished eating Chinese food and I have a zevia cola next to me instead of water, which is probably gonna be bad for the
1: recording because I'm gonna be clearing my throat for a whole hour. Oh no, is it one of those dr. Pepper ones? Nah, no, nah, it's just the cola. okay, good. I, I still don't know how I feel about those. No
0: I mean they were they were fine. I I will I will take a take a sip on them occasionally when I want to not plow through my colas that fast. I took one of those to work yesterday. okay, okay, we'll get rid of them eventually. Why, why are we talking about this? I don't know. We're supposed to be talking <laughs> about Elden Ring.
1: Or, yeah. as Hassan calls it, literal din Ring. What the fuck?
0: Because he takes oh, so I many thinking, L's. Taking, taking the L. I get it. Yeah. I get it. It's funny. <laughs> um, I don't expect you to remember every single thing I say about a video game that is close to me. Because that's a lot of things to keep up with and I say a lot of words. But we have done a number of 3 by 3 episodes where we just had a chance to talk about nine things that we really, really liked in different categories. And if you'll recall, in the video game 3x3 episode, the Dark Souls series in general is very near and dear to my heart. Yes. And Elden Ring, I, you know, I only hesitate to say it's perfect because i am only 50 hours into it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i feel that.
0: But i love this fucking
1: game. Yeah, it is especially i mean, especially someone who like i've i've never really played or gotten into from soft games before uh and i'm really enjoying Elden Ring, which is odd cuz t- typically I, I again, it's just not my type of thing of oh yeah, fight this boss, and you're going to probably have to fight it over and over and over again until you figure it out to beat it, because I'm easily frustrated, so I just go, fuck that. But I think it's mixing, the like just the sheer open-worldness of it, an open-world concept game with FromSoft's uh, combat mechanics, just works so well. It's incredible. Yeah, I think, you know... In, in like, the first week of the
0: game's release, a lot of people were saying, like, you know, it is still a Dark Souls game. It is very hard, but it's also incredibly accessible. And that seems like an oxymoron, but I do get it, at least for the the parts of the game that I have played. Uh, of which, like, to not get too spoilery about it, which I don't think it would be that much of a spoiler, but of the like five to six, I think, main areas of the game. I am in area three. And so far, the flow of the game has essentially been enter the open world area, explore the open world area, do every, like, quote, side quest I can find. And then when I'm done and out of things to do, then I go and challenge the actual, like, story-related area and fight the bosses there. And when I do that, the bosses haven't actually been that hard. And, and so the open world scales differently in difficulty than the bosses do, and so you get a chance to really indulge in the combat in a way that isn't constantly punishing, like other Dark Souls games might be. So for someone like you that hasn't played a Souls game, you have the chance to like practice and understand the flow of the combat before you go and fight something really challenging, and even when you do, you're probably overleveled for that boss fight anyway. And so then it makes it a little bit more fun than just masochistic. But I wonder if that's going to keep up into the
1: late game areas, or if it's only because I'm halfway through the game. See, I I think, I don't think it will really matter, just because by then, at least based off of my experience so far, as I don't think I will ma- care about that. Like I, I will be okay for it to get a little more challenging, because you just got I they beat into you the mechanics of how your class fights and so it's it then truly becomes okay i just have to figure out how to fight this foe rather than i i just feel like i suck which is so much of <laughs> what it was like it usually is and then the, like whenever you can turn it into a thing of you go oh damn it me why did i fuck up that role why did i dodge this way when i knew you should have dodged that way that's when it like you truly appreciate how damn good the game is because it's not just like. At least I haven't come across a boss yet, a boss yet that's just brutally difficult. And so it's you're never just like, well, fuck, you know. I I don't know I ca- I can't progress because what you can do is you can just go explore some other shit and grind a little bit, level up, come back. And then the boss will be way harder or way easier. I know when I finally faced the first, when I faced Godric, that's his name, right? The first like big boss. Uh, No, that would be Margaret. Unless you mean, no, not Margaret. The one after him is Godric. Okay. Then yes. Yes. The first big, big boss of the like five or six that probably are. I don't know. There might be more. Uh, I fought him once just to see, and was like, okay, or actually, I fought him a couple times, I think, yeah, and was like, damn, I just can't, I can't figure it out. Let me just go explore some more stuff, blah, blah blah. I leveled up my weapon one more time. I got a couple more levels on my character, and then I went back and just beat him on my third try, facing him again. (laughs) Like, I just kind of whooped his ass. And and just being able to do that, I think, to your point earlier, it does make it way more accessible because it's not like you're just – stuck doing the same boss over and over again until you can beat it you can go do other things to take your mind off of it if you get a little frustrated which i have gotten and and that just adds to how freaking good it is yeah and i i am starting to feel
0: you know again now 50 ish hours into the game that it is for me missing that element of really getting to know a boss because you're having to fight him for so long before you really get it. And and that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that that takes away from the experience necessarily. Because that, that's a very personal thing. I don't think that's necessarily a part of the, the game design. And I think it will be there. Because as large as the game is. And from where I'm assuming I am in character progression. I think it will get to that point and I'm going to enjoy it anyway. And I'm also hopeful for, uh, additional content, uh, because every single Dark Souls game has had DLC and the DLCs have always been a fairly significant jump up in difficulty even
1: beyond the main game. Ooh, that's interesting to know because yeah, this world just seems ripe for additional content post game, uh, Granted, I still need to—I fi- the, the, the I guess if I had a complaint, it's like I still don't really understand how to figure out, like, the lore of what the hell's going on. I've gotten most of that from you who's found it out either through means I still need to figure out how to do or— <laughs> I mean, it's probably just me being dumb, but uh, I'm still like— okay, I mean, I know I'm fighting these guys that got pieces of the Elden Ring, but I don't really know why <laughs> or what happens if I get them all. Except becoming the Elden Lord, question mark? I don't know. Yeah.
0: A lot of the stuff is just, like, esoteric hints from NPC dialogue or, like, some ghosts that you can find that'll say some, some like, weird cryptic stuff. Okay. But then most of the actual lore that you gather will be in reading item descriptions. So, like, if you get a boss weapon, you should read its description and it'll tell you a little bit more about that boss. Oh, okay. um, but I have also found a couple of NPCs that weirdly for a souls game do just kind of lay out some lore for you because yeah. like uh the the talking turtle with the pope hat in the church love him uh he just he just told you a story about two characters and that kind of thing very rarely happens in a souls game <laughs> he's
1: like oh someone who's not here to try and kill me let me just talk to you <laughs> yeah that dude's dope love turtles um have you it's, run across uh, the mask guy the maidenless mask guy again or multiple times. Yes, have you, only a second time. Okay, so now I get, we probably found him at the same spot. Then um, I'm I'm curious how he's gonna play into stuff as the game goes on because it's like they they're heavily hinting he will have a larger meaning.
0: <laughs> yeah, normally in in the Souls games, I think I've told you before. But uh, normally the the Souls games always have like one or like they have two endings uh, and and it's either to rekindle the first flame and continue the age of fire or snuff out the first flame and bring on the age of darkness, also known as the age of man. Uh, That is not what's going on in Elden Ring because it's its own thing. But it does still seem like there's going to be two distinct endings, one where you probably become the Elden Lord once you have reassembled the Elden Ring. And you become a consort to Queen Merica. Um, and and effectively serving the two fingers to that end. Uh, the masked guy seems to be allied with the three fingers, which I have put together to be either the source of, or just a piece of uh, being frenzied, which is an affliction of madness that I have found in some enemies. Uh, and so that seems to be the other antagonistic force that normally... You know, with the Age of Fire and the Age of Man thing, there is, like, a gray area of, like, which one is really right, which one do I want to do. Um, but seeing the frenzied up close, it kind of seems cut and dry that there is just one good thing and one bad thing. So I'm wondering <laughs> if that's going to get more complicated in another 20 hours or so.
1: Yeah, it's just so funny how we are just how you just, like, going, oh, yeah, 50 hours, 20 hours. Like, it is amazing <laughs> how much time you can put into the game and it just feel like you not, not that you haven't progressed but that you just keep looking at the map and going oh my god there's just still so much more stuff to do
0: yeah as you pick up pieces of the map it just keeps getting bigger and bigger which which is something i i loved about its map design compared to breath of the wild which i think currently is one of the most apt comparisons to another open world game because for the most part, there's almost nowhere in Elden Ring that you can't go to immediately. Like on the mainland, nothing is blocking you from going anywhere. You can you can ride your horse right to the top of a volcano on the other side of the map from where you start, and the only thing stopping you will be enemies that you have to ride past, and they're not that hard to ride past.
1: Yeah. Um. But what the fuck was I saying? Uh, the how you can just keep exploring the map. Right, so when you
0: start the game and you're only in Limgrave, when you press select, the map is a certain size. And that certain size is like, once you zoom out all the way, for instance, the teleportation to Roundtable Hold gets really big on your map. And I thought initially that was just like for ease of access. Like you would want to go back to Roundtable Hold a lot, so they don't want you to have to drag your cursor all the way down to the corner to select it. But then, so that's unlike Breath of the Wild, where if you press select and you open up the map, you see the entire map. You still have to unlock like more detailed versions of the map, but you see the boundaries of the map. You know how big this world is. Elden Ring is not that way, because as you get other map pieces, that version of the map just keeps getting bigger and keeps zooming farther out <laughs> to accommodate the new pieces of the land that you have found and put together. And even when I thought I had found, like when I had gone to the furthest reaches of the map that I was allowed to at the time, I thought, okay, this is pretty fucking big. This is probably as big as the map is going to get. And then not three hours later was I teleported to somewhere even farther. The map got even bigger. The places I had been got even smaller.
1: And I said, Jesus Christ, they can't keep getting away with this. (laughs) It, yeah. It, it, it's, in a way it's almost overwhelming But it's not because you're just like, you're, you're reward every place you go to and search and like, if you go to a dungeon or if you just go to any like named area, you're rewarded with like actual useful shit. Granted, sometimes it might be like a weapon or a spell that you yourself might not use in the, the way you're playing, but, but you're still getting stuff that's like, oh, this is worth getting at some point in time. Maybe on another character. Just like it, it, there's purpose to it. It's not like oh, we we went to the thing and we got we got a bucket, yay, bucket. <laughs> no, nah, like the the I, every time you. I feel like every time you pick up an item, it's somewhat decent. Yeah, and
0: like you said, even if it's not for you, it's gonna be something someone wants. Because mm-hmm. like a lot of the secondary of the game, most of what you're gonna pick up is sorcery based. And neither of us use sorceries. Um, I am dabbling in incantations, which is a different magic system. So a lot of what I was picking up in the second area was not useful to me, but I still liked the uh, the experience of exploring that area and finding those things. because as well hidden as some stuff is, and as barren as the world might look on first glance, it's honestly ridiculous how packed with content every corner is. Oh my god!
1: Like that, I explored the southern island uh, once. Like I do, I went around most of the stuff. I was like, oh yeah, okay, I found, I found a lot. And then when I got stuck on um, the boss I mentioned earlier, the first big guy, wow, Godric. Godric. When I got stuck on Godric, I was like, oh, let me go. It looks like. I can see some other locations on the map that I haven't gone yet. I spent like two hours just uh, going back to that Southern Island to explore further before I was like, okay, I think I've done everything. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But then like to your point about stuff being hidden, like I had to, I informed you about a part of a side, uh, maybe a side quest to get a summons or uh, some uh, part of a medallion that like, I just randomly came across because when I was in a certain location, I saw a pot and went, I'm going a, I'm to a smack it. And then it transformed into a person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm so fucking mad about that. And
1: when I told uh, – you were like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I told you, yeah, it was just a, a pot. I hit it. He gave me a part of a medallion. And then when I found this other chick who is like on a wolf – she became a summons, and you were like, I, I've talked to her. What the fuck? How do I do that? <laughs> like, the fact that there's, like, these super tiny thing. like, I mean, I, I could only imagine the majority of people who've played the game just, like, don't have her as a summons because they didn't hit that pot. Like, that's crazy. Right, because
0: it's in a dark area. It's, like, 20 feet off the main trail. There was a hard enemy before that pot and there's an obvious direction to keep going down the trail to fight a mini-boss away from the pod. There's nothing drawing you to that thing. It's tucked in a corner against a rock wall. The only thing interesting about it is that it's by itself. My monkey brain was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit that pot. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd been around that area. I walked around. I checked all those buildings and picked up items, and I never thought to smack the pot, because why would you? Now I'm like, I got to break every object always now. <laughs> right. And another friend of ours, like, I would also missed something else very similar, where in Limgrave, the first area of the game, there is a tree off the the track, off the main path, that also turns into a man. But they give you more of a hint to that because if you get close to him, he'll actually, like, call out to you and say, hey, hey, buddy, can you, like, get me not turned into a tree, please? Oh, I need to go find that. I haven't done that. Yeah, and I didn't find that initially either, but I had our friend guide me towards him. And, like, there's got to be more of those kinds of people in the world, right?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Jesus, it's just so packed full of shit. Oh, my God. So good. It's It's like they took... Breath of the Wild,
0: and and all of the content associated with Breath of the Wild, and then took Dark Souls Three and all of the content associated with Dark Souls Three, turned into one video game, and for some reason they're still selling it for only sixty dollars.
1: I mean, the closest comparison to a game of ones I've played is it is it's, it is Witcher Three, just with like how much you can explore, how. If, if, you know there's countless areas for you to go the combat's a little bit different but then the customization which i didn't even get close to tapping into in the witcher with how much you can customize how you actually build your character um obviously dark souls takes that to another level uh but if like if you were doing a game comparison it's like the open world explorationness of uh of breath of the wild mixed with a somewhat a similar more more not complicated but in depth uh complex combat system of Witcher 3 and it's just it's so good <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i'm kind of surprised i mean like i guess i can't really say that after 2 years of elden ring being the most anticipated video game for almost everybody but but even now that it's here, I am I am kind of surprised how popular it is and how many people are playing it. Because like the, the Soul series got a lot of renown by the time Dark Souls 3 had come out, but it still felt kind of niche oh, because it, it had it had that, that air of like, this game is really hard, Masochists play this game, that's where the the Dark Souls of Blank came from. Uh, and it, and that turned off a lot of people because everyone was like, I play video games to have fun. I don't want to play something that's hard. And I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. So now that Elden Ring has come out, I I kind of, it baffles me why so many people have picked it up. But then also because like we talked about the accessibility of it and the things the game does so well, people are being rewarded for that. And it's probably, you know, comparative to things like Cyberpunk or the the three big shooters that came out It's also an incredible testament how good
1: of a game it is on release. Yeah. Well, did you did you know that they started production of this game before Sekiro? Yeah. And so I saw an interesting tweet that was like, "Oh, that must be why," uh, the jumping mechanic in in this game is mostly just used for like jumping up and like you know movement jumping. I don't I, have you played Sekiro? Yes. So and they're making the comment of and that's why like in Sekiro jumping is way like does a does a lot more, I guess is what they're basically making the point of. Um I didn't I don't have anything to base that on. So do you <laughs> do you utilize jumping in a much different way in Sekiro? Uh
0: well, I will say Sekiro does some things that is unique to Sekiro that the Soul series does not. Um so I, I think there are shades of it in Sekiro and I do see. So, so what you're saying essentially is that the design mechanic was designed first for Elden Ring, which is why So that's essentially a prototype for what they went on to do. in Sekiro. yeah, which
1: is why I, cause like jumping is like, yeah, you can jump. Cool. And yeah. you can use jumping attacks. And then they basically, they, they were trying to make the point that like, and then in Sekiro, like you use jumping to do more than that. Like it's, it's two steps further down on development of what jumping can be used for.
0: Yeah, I think in general, Sekiro is a more movement-based game because then you also have things like the grappling hook, Mm, uh, where, for instance, in the fight in the lake with the giant monkey, almost the entire time you are constantly grappling up into the air just to get out of his way, and so then you might drop down for a plunging attack. So I think that's perfectly likely, and that makes sense to me. Uh, but I am at this point not so intimately familiar with Sekiro that I can talk about on a deeper level. Um, I will say that uh, the jump actually does have iframes, and I have used the jump to avoid some attacks,
1: but it's not as intuitive as just rolling. Huh. Interesting. One thing. One thing I do think we we need to touch on is some of the. I guess it's. I guess it's backlash the game has gotten from other developers. And then it's basically oh, yeah. all been turned into memes. <laughs> like a lot of shades been thrown at Ubisoft. Uh, I think one of our friends posted a meme in our in our Discord about like the overlay, uh, and how it's how it's Sekiro, or Sekiro, so He was talking about that. Not and that's why I got that on my head. How Elden Ring like just doesn't do a lot of the things that most open world games do, and. It's actually better for that. <laughs> like, you don't yeah. have to get, you don't have to have your character go, go. hmm, I wonder if there's something interesting over there. And have all these map markers so you just see everything, you know? You have to actually just right. explore. You don't get, like, oh, here's a question mark. There's something there to go find. Uh,
0: yeah, if you if you haven't seen this image, you should look it up on, on Google because it, it, it is hilarious and makes you appreciate the minimalism of Elden Ring's UI. Yeah, uh, because like I'm, I'm looking at the image right now and it's like there's uh the compass has multiple waypoints on it. There are tooltips to tell you to interact with something. It has a mini map. It has a, a message of the day and it's got like all your spells on the bottom as like uh, a World of Warcraft quick select bar. And it's like, yeah, in something like a Ubisoft game. All that shit probably would be there. Like it's a little cartoonish. But honestly, it's only cartoonish because it's a Photoshop job. It doesn't look that far off from even probably something like The Witcher.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or at least with the map, the yeah. the U the overall HUD of The Witcher is also. Relatively simplistic, I thought. Okay. Uh. All right. The bad example then. But but at least from the map standpoint, it's not because the map is very much like that. That is a very accurate thing of the map. Like you just well, actually, you have to go to a. It's a. I actually kind of like how they did it in The Witcher because in Witcher Three you had to go to like guide the signposts, kind of how you do in Elden Ring, except all in Witcher Three they just unlocked a little like circle around wh- around that signpost, and then once you do that then locations pop up on your map where you can see where they're at so you still have to explore and find the signposts that then unlock more detailed versions of the map so it's not like default like in a like an assassin's creed game where it's like here's look at all this shit for you to go do. yeah you're like great um
0: and and so did you also see the tweets from the horizon forbidden west developers
1: I don't think I saw it, but I heard some, I saw some of the discourse around it.
0: Yeah. So, so one of, one of my favorite memes, and, and, and it, it, it is unfortunate for the developers of, of Horizon that uh, effectively Horizon Zero Dawn comes out and then immediately after Breath of the Wild comes out and now Forbidden West comes out and immediately after Elden Ring comes out. And the explanation, the meme is essentially that uh, Zero Dawn and Forbidden West are both, Really, really good, really solid, probably 10 out of 10 experiences that are the perfection of the open world genre as it exists at the time of release. But they are both immediately followed by also amazing, very solid 10 out of 10 experiences that push the genre forward instead. And so they are overshadowed immediately. Yeah. And so two... Developers in particular from the Horizon Forbidden West crew have been kind of got put on blast for Twitter because they kind of been throwing shade at Elden Ring and trying to say that it does things poorly that they believe their game does better. Oh, no. so See, I'll just I'll just read you I'll read you the Twitter thread here. Okay. Uh, so so somebody tweets he says, uh, "The fact that Elden Ring scored a 97 Metacritic is proof that reviewers don't give a flaming poop about game UX." My life is a lie. Somebody responds to that. Nor PC graphics, stability, and performance, apparently. And then somebody else responds to that, nor quest design really. So so these people are essentially saying that that like Elden Ring having a 97 is illegitimate because it doesn't look good, its stability is bad, and its quest design is poor. Which all three of those I don't think are good criticisms. And it's also terribly unprofessional.
1: Yeah. I Like, and that's, that's what the, and then I've, okay, so that explains some of the other discourse I saw where it's like, yeah, no, Elden Ring just proves if you do the one thing that your game does really well, really well, everyone likes it. And that's what it right. does. Like, it does everything that it is, it's set out to do, it does extremely well. Yeah, is it kind of annoying that there's no, like, quest log or quest tree? Yeah, it's kind of annoying, but you get used to it really fast and you don't give a fuck. It promotes you to just go explore shit. Like, it's done with yeah, a reason. It's not like they just didn't put it in. It's literally the reason for you to then go and explore the world. It's, oh, the, like, we had a quest. We both got a quest, like, the same time. It was like, hey... Go find this person who's taking a nap in this building nearby, and we're like, "Where the fuck is that?" <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea where that would be, but I'm gonna try and go explore and find him. You know, like, I, and yeah, the unprofessional thing, like, too. It's like, why are we still in a in a time where like you're dogging other games? I thought we got past that, and we were just like, "Yes, video games are good. Games can be different, and they're all good." Like,
0: come on. Yeah, absolutely, and and I'm not I'm not gonna say that. These people speak for the entire Horizon uh, dev team, of course. But it is just sad that uh, the, the people aren't dogging on it like that. But they're just individuals. They're
1: allowed to use Twitter how they want. They're allowed to be wrong. Well, a lot of it, too, is probably like, oh, yeah, it doesn't have this thing. How has it got a 97? It should have a 92. And I'm like, oh, wow, five points. What the fuck can do? It's like one of the <laughs> best games I've played in a fucking long time.
0: <laughs> yeah. it It's like... You know, again, kind of going back to the video game three by three, like I was saying at the top of the podcast, um, God of War, when it came out, hit at the exact right time for me that, like, I was having a really hard time putting any time into any video game whatsoever. Uh, And I fell in love with God of War so deeply that I was surprised at how many hours I was putting into it to the point that I tell people God of War taught me how to love video games again. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of having a similar experience with Elden Ring. Yeah. Like, I can't remember the last game that I sat down and put this much time into so
1: consistently. And aren't even, like, like, halfway through it yet. (laughs) Right.
0: Like, I I legitimately have no fucking clue how much of the game I've actually played. But it's definitely not even half. Yeah. And that's what it's like. It feels just like being back in high school and you're sitting in class all day counting down the hours until you can go home and play your new video game again.
1: And like, but that's, that's another thing I like about it is that we've both approached the game, I think, very differently. Where you're doing these big, huge bin sessions where you're just fucking playing it and playing it. Me, it's like, it's still just kind of the nature of it. Of like, if I get to a part where I just am like, ah, I'm struggling like crazy, I've lost any motivation, I, I put it down. So, I, I've most of my play sessions have been for like one to two hours and then I just stop. Like, Saturday, I played all day. And that was the longest I'd played it and made a lot of progress. But like, I, I, I'm just like, I I could be playing this game for literally like two months before I finally finish it just because (laughs) I'm playing it at a slower pace, but I'm still enjoying the heck out of it. And I think again, go another thing going back to the accessibility of it. It's like, just play it at your own pace. I don't worry about some of the great, the larger dark, uh, the souls community being toxic little shits as a lot of them are, uh, I just fucking put that shit out of your mind and just play the game and enjoy it because it's just, it's just good. Again, I'll keep saying it. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I the 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 issue is probably a little bit more complex than this, but I am curious. Uh, you know, you pointed out our difference in play style. I wonder, is that a personality difference between the two of us? or could it be because I'm a Souls veteran and this is your first Souls game and you get burnt out on it a little bit quicker I'm not sure I think it's
1: I think it's a combo of both right I I, I think the burnout is definitely there it's just like I also it's just really hard because you for you me feel just... the same way
0: about like roguelike games because you said Hades you'd only get like a couple runs in before you had to put it down
1: yeah I just do like well because I like, I'm to the point in that where it's like a run is like. Thirty minutes ish. If I get to the end, I can do it a little bit faster. But it's like, I get done with it and go, "Oh God, now I gotta start all over." It's just like emotionally <laughs> taxing to where it's like, yeah, I, I I do the 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 math in my head and go, "Oh my God, this run won't be done until at least this time if I do halfway decent." Oh God, do I want to just sit in for a thirty minute run? It's why it's why I don't play mobas anymore is because. I got tired of being in forty minute games.
0: I just Yeah, you just don't want to get locked into that.
1: Yeah. So so yeah, part of it's that with Elden Ring, I think. But you know, I it's I I, it's amazing to me that I'm saying this. I think everyone should give the game a shot. And, you know, play it your way. That's the one thing we were talking about this earlier. There's the kind of one of the downsides of it is that I'm so intrigued by the different classes and combat styles that you can play as. But I'm also like, am I really going to sink all the time in to make another character and play it through a completely different way? Because, like, that's like 500 hours you're going to put in for two characters. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, I am curious
0: if when I finish the game, if I'm going to have any motivation at all to start another character. Because in, uh, like, I didn't play a whole lot of Dark Souls 1. I played it enough to have two characters go through the story, and then I had one of them go through the DLC. But Dark Souls 2 and 3 are the ones that I played a lot, and I had, like, 6 to 10 characters on both of those. Because once you'd played through the game one time, you could go through it pretty fast with another character. Because you already knew all the bosses, you kind of knew what they were weak against and how to play them. Um, but even getting to the point of being able to fight the main bosses in Elden Ring is probably going to take a significant amount of time, and I just don't know if I'm ever going to want to start a new character. Like, I hope the game is fun enough that I do, but I just don't know if the motivation is going to be there. I and, bet- and that's okay, because the game has so much fucking content for the first playthrough.
1: Yeah, I, I bet second, or subsequent playthroughs will be a lot more of, okay, I need to go to this location to get these items I need for this character's build and then okay i will now utilize uh rune farms to just speed up the process to get through some of the so you don't have to explore everywhere cuz like if, honestly i wouldn't want to go and explore every location again on a second character oh no just not at all. so that i can be leveled appropriately to advance like i i'd use some cheese going forward on se- subsequent characters so i i think the game opens itself up for that and, and, it, and it's set up to allow you to do that, which is kind of nice.
0: Yeah, and most of the fun of subsequent playthroughs of Dark Souls is that, you know, after the first playthrough, it's all about your build and what kind of character you want to make. Which is why my first character is always pretty generic. I do some things that I generally like doing, but I don't necessarily commit to one weapon or one shield or one style of magic. But then after that, then I start thinking, okay, I want to use this weapon so what kind of build can I make around this weapon? And for the Dark Souls games, there are tools online that let you design your build. You can figure out uh, which levels you want to put into what stats, you figure out what rings you want to put on, what level you want to make this weapon, and you get the whole thing planned out, and then you go to the wiki and you find out where those items are, and you speed run grabbing those items, and it's a very different experience the second time. I imagine you know give give it a couple months and the wikis for Elden ring are gonna be filled out and you're gonna know where to get what weapons you want i i do just wonder
1: at what point those build designer websites will pop up i think some of them already are like i i already found a a freaking tier list for the katanas in the game (laughs) like oh my god (laughs) how
0: yeah it's pretty dope I I have been looking up some stuff along the way because I know that otherwise I would just miss some quest lines. Yeah. I'm trying to stay mostly blind. uh, But but then if there's something that, like, particularly interests me that I have no leads on what to find, then I might look up, okay, where in Elden Ring can I find another one of these? And then I'll go and I'll grab it. Yeah. So the information's kind of out there. But even then, I try to get a little bit of a hint on a quest line. And I think, like, two of the quests I'm on
1: nobody really knows how they end yet. That's wild. That's just crazy. Yeah. The game's been out a week and a half and there's still shit. People, people have no idea about.
0: Yeah, because uh, Souls games have always been just kind of esoteric like that. Mm-hmm. Where like the other Souls games were more linear, but even still there were NPCs you could completely miss or you could mess up their quest line and get them killed or they would just disappear and not show up somewhere you needed them to. And so Elden Ring is just that kicked up to 10 into an open world environment.
1: Hmm. Well, I, I I got nothing else. I don't know if you have other topics or things you wanted to touch on with Elden Ring, but I, I'm I'm now on on your uh your timeline. <laughs> no,
0: I think I think we about covered it. I'll I'll probably I want to have a more in-depth conversation when one or ideally both of us actually finishes the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, all I'm going to be doing is gushing, and it's probably not anything new for people. So I think I think we're good to move on. Please try Elden Ring. I think this game is legitimately special, and it's something that people are going to be talking about for a long time. It's, it's a very, very unique moment where the hype has been building for so long. And it has actually paid off in ways that people couldn't even imagine.
1: Some of the scenic sets in this game are fucking gorgeous. Like the game itself, like isn't the best looking game, but goddamn, some of the set pieces are amazing. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, and to your point of recommending it, like take hey, I've never played one and I didn't really like I tried some of Dark Souls One and it just didn't didn't click. And I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying Every second, well not every second, I'm thoroughly enjoying the game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I haven't talked to a single person who has started playing it that hasn't liked it. Who just hardline says, you know, I didn't think this was going to be for me. It turns
1: out I was right. It's addictive. Everyone has found a way to enjoy it's it. It's addictive. And, and again, it goes back, I, I'm telling you, it goes back to the open worldness of it. It's just, you can just kind of play it your way until you get to the boss fights. But then you go in knowing, okay, let's just learn this shit. <laughs> but yeah good all right game good
0: game good and now we're on we're on the back half of the podcast where both of us are itching to get back to playing elden ring but there right. is uh I got one some, thing that we do want to hit on i got some
1: bitching to do oh wait are we, are we waiting on that
0: <laughs> no i mean it, it's part of it i think let's hit the news okay. and then and then you can do the bitching <laughs> the bitching <laughs> <laughs> so so we had said a while ago that um i mean you know, we didn't we didn't break the news, but like it was reported a while ago, long, long time ago, that Sony and by extension Funimation had acquired Crunchyroll for like, what was it, a one point two billion dollar deal? And absurd like amount of money. Um, and so we we had hypothesized at the time what that might look like. Are they gonna stay separate? Are they gonna join together? Is Sony gonna make some new anime platform? Um, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, the listener, that I was right the entire time. And, uh, I was we finally, <laughs> We finally have figured out what they're doing going forward. And the news is that Funimation as a streaming service is going away. And for Sony's part, Crunchyroll is going to be, once again, the premier online anime streaming experience. I don't have to pay for two of them anymore. Yay! <laughs> yeah, instead, you still just got to pay for High Dive.
1: Shit. Well... I usually only do that if High Dive gets um, a show I really want to watch, which I don't know if I mentioned this previously, but it's so funny to me that um, Teasing Master Takagi-san is now on High Dive. That show is basically the anime slut of the industry, because it's been on three separate platforms for all of its seasons. Season one was on (laughs) like Crunchyroll and maybe Funimation. Season two was on Netflix, and now season three is on High Dive. And they're all like mutually exclusive. So like, you can't. That's hilarious. You can't watch all three seasons on one platform. <laughs> it's kind <laughs> I had, of. Fucking, I had no idea. Yeah, it's kind of fucking stupid. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I my prediction was that I think I thought that they'd keep them both. They'd find a way to have them both, and I'm I was kind of surprised, but also welcomely surprised that they're going to merge the two into just one streaming service because it's so stupid right now me having to you know like there's four shows this season I'm watching on Funimation so I that's enough to warrant me to pay for Funimation for three months where the majority of the shows are on on Crunchyroll um I think some of the shows have already started moving over they all are they all have not made that move because some of the Funimation exclusive shows this season, none of those have made the move to Crunchyroll yet.
0: Yeah, I do think the turnaround is going to be pretty fast. Yeah, next Uh, season,
1: everything's going to be on Crunchyroll.
0: And Sony is doing everything they can to get people transitioned to Crunchyroll pretty smoothly. Uh, I know that they have said, for instance, if you have an annual subscription to Funimation, they will transfer whatever your remaining membership is and they will give it to you on Crunchyroll. So nobody's losing anything on this. Oh, that's cool. So if you've already paid for a little bit of Funimation, you should email somebody and they should give you credit on Crunchyroll to keep your anime going. I wonder how that works if I have both. They'll <laughs> probably go,
1: thanks for your money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They'd probably give you a credit and you just wouldn't have to pay for Crunchyroll
1: again for a while. Oh, maybe. I think I am really stupid and get Crunchyroll monthly. Ugh.
0: Oh, that's not good.
1: Well, it's still... That's
0: been. like that's like $7 a month, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I had oh, yeah. it on a, a pretty sick deal for the longest time, but I don't think I've been... Gra- I think my grandfathering in at that rate has gone away, and I'm like, sons of bitches, I'm just too lazy to change it. <laughs> 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 and, like, for me, I watch enough that it's like, I don't care. It's not $10 yet. That's it. That's one thing I want to talk about. They're gonna up the price of Crunchyroll. It's gonna be at least $10. There's no way...
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially, like, you know, you, you take into account all the anime that Funimation had exclusive distribution a, a rights shitload. to, going back to, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. All of that classic catalog moving to Crunchyroll, their their whole library is getting an incredible bump, and so, yeah, there's no way that they don't up the price at some point. Including
1: all those English dubs. Like, yeah. Like, so many English dubs. But, oh, My only question now... Oh go ahead. Well you you have to watch My Dress Up Darling now once once that makes the transition because you will love that show. You will love that show. The voice I know, I, know the, I would. The English voice actress for the main character, I've started following her VTuber channel and I'm I'm terrified to start watching the English show of that show because I know I will love it more than the Japanese version and then I'll feel like a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs>
0: My my YouTube has fallen down this weird rabbit hole of a lot of videos that I have recommended are very specifically quick snippets of the English dub from My Dress Up Darling, but also, uh, don't tease me, Takagi-san.
1: Oh, see, I haven't seen anything from season three, which is probably good, because then it's not, uh... Or, no, I'm sorry, not Takagi, Nagatoro. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes more sense. I haven't seen, like, nothing of season three Takagi-san, and that's because it's on fucking high dive and nobody's watching it. <laughs> right but also like i i was caught up to the manga not that long ago and i'm like it's just more of the same shit it's just different stuff they're doing so like i kind of <laughs> really don't care to watch anymore but but anyway back to the topic at hand um, yeah so
0: that's the news uh you have been wanting for a while now to complain about the Crunchyroll anime awards
1: yes because I've been uh, shit they were like a month ago at this point <laughs> <laughs> but um part of my part of my issue is and, and it's kind of weird to bitch about that about this this year given how some of it played out but Crunchyroll always tries to like promote it as like the award show for anime but but that it's it's all bullshit because it ends up just being a popularity contest And even amongst the fucking judge, like, the named judges, who I'm pretty sure are, what, 70% of the vote compared to the public's portion? And and it still ends up just being a complete and utter popularity contest all the time. And it's just annoying that they try to, the way they promote it. Like, if you want it to just be a popularity contest, just say, hey, we're having anime awards and Shonen's going to win everything and, you know... don't have judges. Just let it be a popularity contest like all the other like anime trending um, – what are some – I'm trying to think. Of the, the anime subreddit, like they have their own award shows they do amongst their communities that's all 100% fan voted, which are always way more accurate of what was better, like what should have actually won awards than what Crunchyrolls is. Because it's people, the people who are voting on it are people like me who watch fucking everything. And so it's, if, if, if the, a show that wins, you'd go, okay, yeah, I could, see, I could see how that show would win that. Like, I'm pretty sure Anime Trendings or the Anime Subreddit's show of the year was Fruits Basket, which wasn't even fucking nominated, I don't think, for show of the year on Crunchyroll. It might have been. I can't remember. But, like, that was never going to win on Crunchyroll. And that show, the finale was amazing. Granted, I think it was show of the year. No, not really. But, like, you could tell me it was and go, okay, yeah. If enough people liked it enough, that's fine. And so the reason why I think it's kind of weird this year to bitch about it in this way is that they didn't promote it the same way they usually had. Like, there wasn't a live stream this year, and I don't really know why. I don't know if that was still COVID-related. Or they just didn't want to do one, so like they just put out like a video of here are the award winners, very anticlimactic, in my opinion. Um, so I don't know if they're just changing their tune on it, or if or or what if this year was an anomaly. But like I I I, th- I think the anime community needs like doesn't need. It would be beneficial to have, like, hey, this, th- if you win an award on this site or Crunchyroll through this thing, like the Oscars, like, there's a bajillion different acting award shows, but like the Oscars is the big one. Like, I, I think it would be cool to have the industry have a big one in awards. And maybe there's one in Japan and I just don't know about it. That's like all industry people that vote. But it just, it, it's really annoying. Mostly getting at the crux of this, I'm really annoyed at like Jujutsu Kaisen winning everything when like it was it won for half of its fucking season, like that's fucking ridiculous. Like Jujutsu Kaisen, good show. I'm gonna pull a trash taste thing and say it wasn't that great. It was good. Come at me, bitches. Uh, but like it should it have won all the things it did? No. Should Demon Slayer the F- Mugen Train part of the arc have won everything? Hell no. Was it good? Yes. Was it fucking amazing? No. Now, the Entertainment District arc, though, like, the next year when that gets nominated and that wins everything, I'm not going to have any complaints with that because, Jesus fucking Christ, was that amazing. My eyes still haven't gotten over the animation in that. Um, but, anyway, back to the point. Long story short, I don't know. <laughs> what? Yeah. So, uh, I just want, I, I would love to end of- <laughs> I would I would just love what, there what to be the a legitimate just... <laughs> a legitimate anime award show. And Crunchyroll is tried and they keep failing and it's really annoying. So I'm hoping that with the with Funimation and Crunchyroll joining together, maybe they can further try to legitimize the award show and make it less of a popularity contest. I won't hold my breath on that, but a boy can dream, right? Maybe. I do wonder what the
0: merger means for Funimation as a company. Yeah. Uh, since historically they were a dubbing house and a merch house and a distribution house. Uh, and were kind of just a streaming service by necessity. And so now they can put all that to the side. Uh, Crunchyroll had started doing their own dubs because they made the English dub for Konosuba. Uh, And so now I I do wonder if uh, and and I guess it's more like what are Sony's plans? Like how big do they want their anime streaming division to be? Are we going to see some upgrades to the Crunchyroll streaming UI? Are we going to see a a, a bigger budget production for Crunchyroll anime awards? Uh, These are things that we won't know for a while. Yeah. And R.I.P. Funimation's
1: absolute shitter UI. (laughs) Rest in Death, bitch! I'm so glad I don't have to use that anymore. All right, well, I think that is pretty pretty good for the episode. Oh no! Wait, we forgot. But Lego Star Wars. Did we forget? Yeah. Because. Okay. So you you told me right before we were recording that they the the new Lego Star Wars. What is it? The Skywalker Saga. Is that what they're calling it? Yeah. Uh, game is gonna plans to have. What was it? Mandalorian and Boba Fett and Rogue One. Oh, Rogue One DLC, right? Yes, DLC. Yep. Um, I would love to be excited for this game as much as I was a little bit ago, and then they put out the trailer or the like the gameplay trailer, and they've just completely revamped the whole goddamn game. And I was so looking forward to the nostalgia boner of. Once again, going back and playing the original like gameplay of the original trilogy and like what what I don't even remember what they called Lego Star Wars one, but I I don't know I'm now I'm now kind of sad that they made it like third person a third person shooter, <laughs> well that's what it was but it's like uh you can aim and actually like pew pew and stuff it's not just like a weird it's not what it was. My nostalgia boner has been destroyed. Who knows? Sad. Maybe it'll still be good. I don't know. So yeah, that's Maybe. all. I I, I held us up for that. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. I
0: want to go play Elton Ring. I gotta edit this podcast still. Uh, but that's gonna do it for this week. Uh, if you like what you heard, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, and tell a friend about us and uh, get us inside more ears so that more people can hear the gospel of Elden Ring in three months when me and Hayden have both finished the game and we'll have a more in-depth conversation about it.
1: And if you follow us on Twitter, we'll actually tweet. We will we will tweet once for every new follower we get.
0: At Obsession underscore pod on Twitter. Boom. But until then, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Goodbye.